Hi, and welcome to SN Off the Shelf. Uh, Chloe Riley here with Supermarket News, and I'm joined by my colleague, Nation's Restaurant News Editor, Sam Okus. Sam, thank you for being here today. Hey, thanks, Chloe, for having me. It's always a pleasure. That's great. Uh, so today, we're talking, unsurprisingly, food service. Um, yes. And I can say, uh, at least on the food service at retail side of things, um, we are really seeing food service endeavors ramp up generally. Um, I'd like to start out just with this example of hy V. Uh, you know, for example, they first had a partnership with Wahlburgers in 2017. Uh, that's Marky Mark's brand, in case you didn't know, Sam. <laughs> yes, uh, I did know, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, are you kidding me? I wanted him for, like, the cover. I wanted an interview. He didn't really do that, though. I believe that. Um, yes, he's a very busy man. Um, yeah, so they had a contract with them first in 2017 to open you know, dozens of locations of that brand, including freestanding units. Um, but now this week, the company said any Wahlburgers restaurant locations that will open moving forward would be inside its stores exclusively, saying, quote, with the changing nature of the restaurant business, combined with staffing challenges, we are evolving our strategy when it comes to standalone Wahlburgers, uh, Wahlburgers restaurant locations. Um, you know, I mean, this doesn't seem surprising to me, Sam, you know, given the state of staffing and labor retention that we've been in for a while now. But, uh, you know, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, building and running a restaurant right now is hard, and there are all sorts of barriers to doing that, not the least of which is labor, that if you build a standalone restaurant, you've got to staff that standalone restaurant. Even if you develop a restaurant within your supermarket or retail presence, you still got to commit some staff to it, and staff is hard to come by. Now, it's getting better that's the good news. <clears throat> the labor, we by and large think the labor situation has uh, peaked in that it's going to become easier and easier to be able to find solid employees. Sort of a, a sad thing, but it's all these tech layoffs. Ultimately, the layoffs that are happening right now will trickle down to where retail and food service, I think, will have a better job hiring. But yes, getting back to the original point is that um, restaurants, just as far as supply chain disruptions, labor um, just the cost of goods, all of those things make it very prohibitive to go all in on it. And so you do have to find ways to do it more efficiently, cut costs. And these days, there's a lot of ways to do that. You don't have to have a standalone restaurant to drive pretty significant sales volume with the tools available to you today. Yeah, that's so interesting. And what, how, do, how does this translate on the restaurant side of things? You know, what kind of stories are you guys writing lately, um, you know, that where you're seeing some of this applicable, you know, maybe seeing the turnaround of labor or uh, something in that vein? All around everything we talk about right now, it feels like it has to do with recession, <clears throat> which, you know, there's the, to some degree it feels like it's going to be a self-fulfilled prophecy that we'll all talk, talk our way into a recession. Uh, but, you know, just the, the general trend of things is toward uh, a recession. And, of course, for food service, that's important to note because there there are some, I think, Good, some ways in which this will benefit the industry. Labor, again, is going to be something where um, they're, you're, you're going to start to see that open up. You're going to be having a better job finding solid employees. Um, but also when it comes to recession, especially if you look at the QSR fast casual side of food service, um, you know, tend to be that a lot of consumers turn to that side of the business in a recession because of the perceived value and, and, and actual value, too. Um, and so I think some restaurant operators are looking at recession as being maybe an opportunity. And so right now they're generally what's going on right now is, how, again, cutting costs. How do I cut costs, trim the fat, 
prepare for tough economic times? How do I uh, maximize efficiency, like leveraging technologies or whatever that might be to make sure I'm, I'm running as tight a ship as possible? Um, and then you see um, uh, loyalty programs, value offerings, not discounting like we saw in the Great Recession, but a little bit more around, um, again, perceived value and, and, and loyalty being a big way that you can convince your, your guest that your offering is valuable beyond that low price point, that you, you get bang for your buck. Uh, and, and that might be, for example, getting points that contribute to down the road, getting a free item like with loyalty. So um, that tends to be where that mind of the food, so food service operator is today. Again, sort of running that tight ship, finding efficient ways to operate and capitalizing on what should still be a fairly good food service market, even in a recession. Well, I think everything you just said too, Sam, obviously applies, you know, to grocery as well. Um, I think especially around, I mean, I was thinking both in terms of inflation, you know, that many analysts I've been talking to lately are like, yes, we are hitting, you know, we're hitting, we're starting to hit, we're about to hit that peak of, uh, you know, what consumers are going to be willing to pay. Uh, you know, we're not, we're not going to see it go much higher, uh, you know, supposedly. Um, but I think everything you're saying about loyalty too you know, is obviously just so relevant, um, you know, especially as we're seeing consumers, shoppers, you know, trading down to private label uh, again, just, uh, you know, just to combat kind of the effects of those high prices. So, yeah. um, you know, there's a lot of overlap there. Um, I want to go back to the food service at re retail expansion that we were seeing. Uh, it's not just Hy-Vee. We're definitely seeing, you know, other uh, other retail brands expanding their uh, in-store branded uh, restaurants. Um, Kroger has been rapidly rolling out mixed food halls uh, that are oper operated by Kitchen United in its stores. Um, it's got brands like Fuku Fried Chicken, Wow Bao, Hardee's, Wing Zone, a whole bunch more. Uh, so that's been ramping up. HEB has also been expanding um, its in-store restaurants uh, and, and its, its own brand in-store restaurants. Uh, it's got South Flow Pizza and True Texas uh, Barbecue, which, Sam, if you didn't know, was actually recently named the best barbecue restaurant by Texas Monthly. Whoa, uh, so, did not you know, know that. That's legit. No yeah, well, you know, no small potatoes uh, in the grocery <laughs> world. We make some good food, too. Um, and ATB said it's going to include both of those concepts in a new two-story, you know, beautiful 97,000-square-foot supermarket in Lake Austin, Texas, um, along with, what else, a coffee shop that offers breakfast tacos in a full bar because, Sure. Know, Why not? You want to ha have a margarita for breakfast? You want to have mean, a breakfast? <laughs> it's Texas, right? Everything's bigger in Texas, including your supermarkets. <laughs> including your margaritas. <laughs> um, yes. So I feel like w what it gets down to is, you know, all this more recent action in this category feels very in line with data we've been seeing for a while now. Uh, we just saw FMI's had their recent uh, power of food service at retail report, uh, and it found that, you know, all of these guys are on the right track, right? Like everybody's competing for the away from home dollar. Um, I think the research found that, you know, 50% of shoppers said, uh, I mean, basically they want convenience, right, Sam? Like they, they want the ability to order grocery food service in advance through a mobile app. They want to be able to pick up, you know, on, on the inside uh, drive-through lanes. 48% want to drive-through lanes. Uh, a separate checkout in the food service area. Delivery by the grocery store, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, to me, it feels like I think we're talking convenience. I think it's, that's a piece that I feel like restaurants 
are largely way ahead on in, in that sense. And I feel like there's a lot of room for growth for grocery in th these areas. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it's funny because um, so much of this feels cyclical. I mean, I remember six, seven years ago, there was a big push on behalf of retail to get into food service. Um, you know, uh, everybody was inspired by Wegmans and what Wegmans was doing with fresh food service. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, and so it's funny to see it really kind of pick up again. And yes, I mean, convenience is a big part of it because, you know, the theory was then and the theory is now, if you already have this captivated audience, they're coming to shop for their groceries for the week or whatever it might be, and they can kill two birds with one stone by picking up dinner for the family or grabbing something for tomorrow's breakfast or lunch or impulse buy. They're, they smell the food being cooked and they're like, yeah, I'm hungry. I want one of those. Then you, you ultimately can maximize each and individual customer because you can drive higher ticket sales by getting them to engage with your fresh food service. But I do think it goes beyond that, too. It's a real estate thing, too, which is that um, with the digital tools available to retail and to food service and broader e-commerce, um, now everything is a distribution point, right? It's no longer this, this four, these four walls are restaurants. These four walls are supermarket, right? Anymore, everything can be a distribu distribution point for CPG or it could be a distribution point for fresh food service. And so when you have a supermarket and you maximize that real estate by saying, I'm going to have X number of brands that I'm going to run delivery out of, but also get that impulse buy from the customer, Again, you're getting more dollars out of your square foot in an experience like that. Yes. Can I just say that, as you were saying, uh, the illusion of the walls is breaking down. Uh, the place my brain went to is smoking uh, in restaurants in the 90s and the illusion that the smoking section and the non-smoking section, <laughs> somehow oh, yeah. uh, that the smoke was not traveling between both of them. And, you know, we all know. We totally. all now know better. Uh, so, yes, I think that there's we're definitely starting to see the overlap. Um, I was just going to ask you, does it make you nervous or slash forward slash excited when you hear that True Texas Barbecue was named one of the best chain barbecue restaurants by Texas Monthly? Because, you know, it's, it's encroaching, encroaching in on your zone. <laughs> oh, and that it's out of a supermarket, you mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, that is what I mean. <laughs> hey, hey, I mean, I think that is proof that, like, it doesn't require a great restaurant to serve great food, you know? And look, everybody thinks I'm some food critic, you know? My mom still thinks I am a food critic. And I'm, I'm mostly impressed <laughs> by great food businesses and business ideas, and I buy from all the chains because I have small children and low standards. But the point <laughs> being is that if a supermarket makes good food, I don't care if it's coming out of a supermarket. Good food is good food, right? And and going back to what you said about convenience, I do think convenience is everything anymore because everybody is so used to just getting anything they want from the press of a button from their phone that their expectation of where it comes from is so much lower than it used to be. Okay. Okay. So what I'm hearing you say is we will be seeing True Texas Barbecue gracing the pages of Nation's Restaurant News next month. Totally. We'll all, look, we'll all look out for that. Yes. Uh, that's, that, was a, that was a discovery for me on this podcast. Thank you, Chloe. You're welcome. Um, I want to give a final shout out to the Fresh Market, uh, which recently hosted a shoppable live stream to promote its uh, V-Day offerings. Um, and, and this was focused around meal prep. So this was 45-minute online event 
hosted by pseudo celebrity chef. Uh, I think it's Anna Rossi, right? She was a master chef USA finalist sure, and, yeah. a, and a, and a food developer for the fresh market. And so I think what's notable here is, you know, we spoke to fresh market CMO about, uh, you know, what are the tangible results they're seeing from this kind of thing? And, uh, and it's pretty significant according to them, uh, you know, to the tune of, 300% greater conversion rates on shoppable live streams versus the retailer's traditional digital advertising results. Um, wow. you know, which is right. Yeah. Not, uh, not small potatoes. And, right. uh, and I think, you know, really just kind of an outside the box way, especially for grocery, you know, to be leveraging a food service component to be promoting up, upcoming takeaway meals for a holiday. Uh, I thought that was really interesting. That's the same reason why food TV does so well, which is there's an aspirational component there, right? The chef on TV, even though you can't eat their food, they still, you're, they're doing it in such a way that you think to yourself, I could do that. And you want to try to do that. And you go and buy the groceries like they're doing, you prepare it like they're doing. I think there's some of that going on, that aspirational element of it. Um, and look, celebrity chefs, I mean, they, they, I think they used to be a lot more of a pole, uh, uh, several years back, but I mean, still to this day, there's brand recognition there. Yep. No. And, you know, I'm going to get that turkey and cook it for Valentine's Day or whatever, whatever it is that people cook for lobster tail. I don't know. What are you, what are you having for Valentine's Day this year, Sam? Uh, I don't know. Does, does Papa John's make a heart shaped pizza? I'll probably be doing that. <laughs> does Annie's mac and cheese make a heart shaped yeah. noodle? <laughs> what is, what's the Trader Joe's offering? Because uh, whatever's the cheapest, I will be doing that. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> um, Sam, anything else? Anything else exciting you're seeing uh, in your world that you'd like to share? Uh, you know, it's it's an interesting time because technology is just um, it's just moving at light speed. And, you know, we've been doing a lot of what's ahead in the new year content because it's January. And, um, you know, as we look to, yes, a recession coming um, and, yes, continued struggles um, for, for restaurant operators. But at the same time, what I'm seeing is actually a lot more uh, investments in technology that are not just reactions. Like in the pandemic, everybody's reacting by adding all this technology. I think restaurant operators have really wisened up to where they're strategically making investments and technology that make their business more efficient. Um, they're I, again, they're really um, uh, tightening that uh, that operation, running a tight ship here because they recognize, you know, twenty twenty three is going to be more normal than the last three years. There will be a recession, but that doesn't mean I can't really improve and enhance my business, increase the profitability, make sure I'm ready for anything. Um, so there's a lot of creativity, a lot of innovation going on out there, and um, you know, it's, it's exciting to watch. Sam, I agree. And I'm also going to hold you to the quote, 2023 is going to be more normal than the last three years as a prediction. Going to eat my words like every other year <laughs> the last couple of years. Surely this is the one. Surely. <laughs> <laughs> um, listeners, we're going to be dropping the links to some of the stories we discussed on today's episodes. You'll be able to find them in the supermarket news story. If you found us that way, we'll also include them in our uh, podcast show notes as well. Sam, it's always a delight. Thank you for joining us today and can't wait to have you back. Thanks, Chloe.